Hello, and welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Manning, coming to you from the beautiful trails in Ogden, Utah, but connecting you to wherever trail, ultra, and mountain running takes us. We'll bring trail running to life with amazing athletes, discuss the latest topics, epic journeys, and get you stoked for your next trail adventure. We're sharing the moments that make life special, because even a rough day on the trail beats a good day indoors, and nothing beats time spent with good friends and great stories. Catch us here weekly for your dose of dirt, hurt, and good vibes. So now, it's time to top off your water, grab some cheese curds, and join us for this week's podcast, where we take you deep into the heart of our sport. It's go time. Hello and welcome to episode number 301 of the Trail Manners podcast. Our guest today is Abram Dickerson from Aspire Adventure Running. The Trail Manners podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. And don't forget to subscribe, review, and rate us on iTunes. If you're so inclined, Trail Manners would really appreciate any contribution via our Patreon account at patreon.com backslash trailmanners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. Well, hello and welcome back to another edition of the Trail Manners podcast. As we mentioned, this is episode 301. And today we've got a, a fun guest on. I'm super excited to get to know more about, honestly. Uh, it's Abram Dickerson. He is from Aspire Adventure Running um, out of the Northwest. And we're just going to go from there. So, Abram, thanks for taking the time virtually uh, to jump on a podcast. Yeah. Eric, good to meet you and uh, glad to be number 301. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, rack. You know, we, we, I think we did 298 and then took a year and a half off. So um, we're re- recharged and ready to go. So, so as I mentioned, this is uh, virtual. I'm here in Ogden, Utah, and you are in Bellingham, Washington. That's right. Uh, yep. my, my, my next place that I wouldn't mind living, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, I could do a lot worse. Yeah. You know? <laughs> There's, there's plenty of good places in the world, and I'm just glad to be in one of them. Yeah, right. So have you always been uh, up in the Northwest? You know, I I, uh, I moved up here. It's been about 14, 15 years ago. I did grad school up at the University of British Columbia, and that's kind of what brought us up to the Pacific Northwest. And then um, before I was doing Aspire, I was teaching. So I was teaching at a small independent high school in Bellingham, and that kind of brought us back across the border from Vancouver and and then yeah we've just kind of been loving life here ever since nice and so what uh give us a little background about yourself other than what it says necessarily on your website what uh yeah um yeah I guess the relevant stuff is I've I've always been in you know kind of an outdoors oriented person like my that kind of really began for me kind of back in high school. I grew up in Northern California in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains. So in the Grass Valley, Nevada city area. So that's another great pocket of the universe. Um, after high school, just did a lot of kind of backpacking and that evolved into climbing and, and um, I don't know. So I've just always been kind of oriented around kind of getting, getting outside. Um, and uh so that's kind of my, I guess my little bit of, I know that's pretty vague, but general kind of orientation in life. Um, I taught high school at this really kind of really radical kind of independent school that really focused on inter- interdisciplinary studies. We did backpacking trips with students. We took our kids internationally and just really enjoyed kind of opening up the world for, for youth and kids. Um, and that was sort of the kind of the incubator while I was kind of developing the Aspire project. And how long ago did you um, launch Aspire? We're starting our seventh year. Wow. So, yeah, so we've been at it for a little while. And how, so how did that start? I mean, you kind of mentioned a little bit that it came from like your youth background, but when did it click, you know, to do it? And, you know, what did it take to get it off the ground to get moving? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for me, like I said, I've always had a background in, in, climbing, skiing, backcountry sort of activities. Um, about a, about 10 years ago, a friend of mine 
and and I guess running is was kind of like I, I ran, but it was never like the thing. It was kind of like part of training for other activities. Um, and then about ten years ago, a good friend of mine said, "Hey, let's let's go do this 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 run in the North Cascades, the Copper Ridge Loop, which is a thirty four mile loop, kind of a lollipop loop through some of the really spectacular trails in the North Cascades." And that was kind of the, you know, I had a couple of kids at the time, and so running became this thing that. Uh, like became the objective, right? You know, rather than like training it was like, oh no, we're doing this. And so I've got to, I've got to figure this thing out and unlock it. So that turned out to be something I just really enjoyed. I really enjoyed getting to know all the trails here in Bellingham and the North Cascades and being able to just move really light and fast with just a vest, you know, and it just opened up so much terrain. And I was able to kind of work that kind of lifestyle in and around kids and work and so it just it was just really exciting it was really hard yeah you know, like, you know my first you know ultra distance was this big mountain run that totally kicked my butt <laughs> but uh you know but that just was like mind-blowing right so it's like wow the map just started looking really different you know instead of you know routes that i had to carry a backpack to access it would take you know you know multiple days it was like oh i can do that like in half a day now you know or a day and that was it just kind of changed the way the map looked um and so that uh that sort of led to looking at the map in terms of like okay well what else what else can we unlock that are in these wilderness spaces um with you know light vests and then that quickly kind of resulted in like well we need car shuttles and you know we're starving afterwards so let's make sure we've got food and it just kind of like set the groundwork ultimately for what Aspire would become is just like, oh, let's let's access these really remote, spectacular trails, but figure out all the logistics for folks. Now, what was your first year look like? You're in year seven and, you know, if people go to your website, which is AspireAdventureRunning.com, there's a calendar with all these amazing things that you're putting on for people. What was year one like? Did Was it like one or two things? Um, was it more of a beta thing where you just got some people you knew and tested it out? How did that go forward? Yeah, kind of a little of a hybrid of that. You know, I mean, it, it, it started with getting, you know, <laughs> I was like, wow, we got a website. That's cool. <laughs> Step one. <laughs> you know, it's like, and then, uh, then we got the permits, you know, the kind of the first real permit that we landed that was like significant was with Mount Rainier National Park. And, um, and that allowed us to unlock the Wonderland Trail as a, as a three day supported run. Um, and that, so we, the very first year, you know, we, we got the permit for the Wonderland and then the North Cascades gave us a permit and they did it just because Rainier did it. You know, we said, Hey, we want to do these running trips. They're like, uh, we don't do that. <laughs> well, these guys let us. <laughs> yeah. And then like, like literally like the North Cascades national park, like called Mount Rainier and was like, Hey, did you get a permit request from these guys? What are they doing? And like, and Rainier was like, oh, yeah, we, we gave those guys a permit. They're basically hiking fast. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> totally. That's what we're doing. <laughs> and um, so so the first our first trip was like, yeah, just some friends kind of in the North Cascades, just kind of playing with our systems. And then and then we did one we did one trip and we uh, on the on the Wonderland and we ended up breaking it into like three different weekends, you know, uh -huh. just to kind of like, all right, let's just feel this out a little bit. Um, we'll never do that again. That was a ridiculous amount of work to just, you know, do it over three separate weekends. But um, how would but, you, do you know, it, it, how would you do it differently then? Oh, we do it all as one big push. Yeah. So we, we broke it up. We did. You could do each leg over three weekends in a row. Oh, gotcha. And, uh, and it was like. You know, fighting Seattle traffic on Friday <laughs> afternoon was just... That was the, the longest oh, part of the whole thing. Right? Oh, it sucked, man. It was horrible. And, uh, How hard was it with... I mean, you kind of mentioned a little bit, but, you know, I, I used to be a race director. I know a lot of race directors and the sport growing and everything. Was it hard to get these permits? Can I look at what you're doing? I'm like, well, that's impressive that he's getting the, pulling these permits, really. Was that a difficult thing for you? Oh, looks like you're frozen. First technical issue here. Yeah, okay. There we go. I'll just keep 
Okay. Sweet. All right. You got me. I got you. Um, I'm, I don't know. I mean, without revealing all words, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, fundamentally, fundamentally, we kind of like or the way that Aspire orients is like guiding and outfitting for runners. So okay. when we approached wilderness areas, like we said, hey, we're going to work with small groups in a in a guiding sort of an outfitting perspective. And so so that was the language that I had in kind of applying for permits for our backpacking trips. And mm-hmm. it was just kind of adapting it to meet the criteria of, you know, small groups and leave no trace in wilderness ethics, but then just, you know, oriented around the specific needs that runners have. So like we could never take, we could never hold races yeah. where we're doing a lot of our trips, you know, yeah. they just shut it down. Um, but, you know, we've, we've got a pretty robust set of like, you know, risk management and safety protocols and staff training. And, you know, so those are all, those all came to bear from my background guiding, you know, backpacking and some climbing trips that it's like, okay, that was in my wheelhouse. And, uh, and then it was just a matter of adapting it to, you know, to the needs that runners have. Now, did you ever, in the beginning, when you're going through all these processes, did you ever imagine seven years later, you would be where you're at now? Were you expecting to be further down the road or, you know, I mean, I, I, like I said, looking at your site with all the, the oh, events on your calendar or, or tri- trips and, and classes, it seems to be a pretty cl- like big slate of things. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I don't know. I think we're kind of, I think we're, I, I, I don't know. It's like, I think we're kind of where I think we would be. I think we're kind of like, yeah, I mean, maybe we're kind of on par with where I would hope to be, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's been a learning curve for sure, but I, I don't know. I just feel fundamentally that, um, you know, there's, there's something just super special about the intersection of, of running and doing it in these remote places, right? It's just such a primal human sort of fundamental process, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and the terrain that we get into is just phenomenal. And so then to pair that with the challenge of, you know, running and then to give people the, just the support in terms of like, I mean, we're not, you know, we're not guiding in a, like a climbing sense or a ski guide sense, but we're just ensuring that like, Hey, you're going to start well-fed, you're going to finish well-fed, there's going to be a safety net in the middle. You know, you can just really, you can just focus on that, that, process of just moving each day and uh and people they put it all out on the trail and they come into exam into camp exhausted and then it's like oh anything that i could ever want in terms of recovery is here you know whether that's a hot shower or delicious food or you know the theragun or you know it's just like wow it's it's like it's here you know it's like man this is great you know and so they they're exhausted and then they get refueled and rested and they're like ready to go again the next day. It's like, dang, like, you know, this is dialed. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me, I'm going to have you walk us through one, right? Because I, I'm not going to, I've always wanted to do the Wonderland. That's always, that's yeah. been on my list for 12 years easy. Um, sure. Known people that have done it, you know, kind of unsupported or just, you know, with a group of people or whatever. So when you're doing a trip like this, give me an idea when you talk about they come in with food, do these groups I'm guessing are, are not too big of groups yeah. of, of individuals, you know, you do say, you know, a 28 to 30 mile day. Do you uh-huh. stay together? Um, do they finish and start at the same time? Is it at your own pace? How do you, how do you work through these? Cause that's some of the, I think questions I've talked to people, you know, when I let sure. them know you're going to be on the show is, is that route? Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, the basic, um, the, the flow, we always, we start our trips like the night before, you know, we always kick off in the evening with uh, people come together. We have a meal. Um, we're generally we're camping out usually the night before, and just we're really kind of laying out what to expect. Um, so there's kind of that night where we kind of orient. You know, we check in with all of our. Run- well, we can even back up a little bit. So like, really, the process begins before people even show up. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a runner profile that everyone completes, and that really gives me information about people's fitness about their training about their backcountry experience their familiarity with the trip with just navigating in a backcountry train so i've we've kind of done some vetting and making sure that people are like okay you know 
they're they haven't overshot their you know what their um what their capacity looks like mm-hmm. so so that helps us have a really good sense of of who we have coming on each trip beforehand you know each night before kind of before the trip starts we check in with everyone make sure they're they have their essential gear in their pack we've gone over the route in detail um you know the gpx coordinates are available pre-trip we've got printed maps that are available and we've we've walked through what that next day is going to look like in terms of all of the, the terrain, the water sources, like, so they're set up really well prepared in terms of what to expect. Um, you know, go to bed, wake up, have breakfast in the morning. You know, it's usually an early start. So we've got the full day ahead of us. And then we start people and we're not, we're not keeping people as a group. You know, we expect people to spread out over that kind of a distance and over that kind of a time, you know? And so part of that front end work of like going over all of the intersections, the navigation and that prep work allows us, kind of gives us that confidence, like, okay, people know where their critical turns are. Um, they have, you know, their phone, they can reference if they need to. And, and then they have the option anyone can travel with our sweep. So we always have someone on our staff that has a kind of a in-reach texting device for emergencies and, and they're always traveling in the sweep position. And then uh, we've got two other staff generally on a trip that will then take all of the gear, our, our base camp, everyone's personal gear, and then load it up into our, our vans and then transport it to that next camp that people are running to. Um, so yeah, so while people are out there on the trail, there's a bunch of schlepping that's happening. <laughs> and then we call those two folks like basically our base camp person and then our super, they set up set up that base camp that everyone's running towards. And then one of those staff, we call them our super, they run the route from finish to start. So they're running from point B to point A. Okay. And we know, you know, we know we've got, let's say we've got 10 people that are in our, on that particular trip and they're looking for all 10 people and they're essentially moving as a mobile aid station. They've got, you know, a first aid kit, they've got extra calories and they're there to kind of check in with everyone along the way until they get to the sweep and we've got everyone accounted for. And usually we're picking everybody up inside of the last 10 miles. You know, we've kind of got everyone accounted for. And then um, we've got some policies and procedures in case we do lose someone. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got, we call her, oh, shit pack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, if someone, <laughs> if someone is just like dragging and there's like, look, there's just, I'm just not finishing today. Then, you know, we've got a pack that has overnight gear that we run in to people. Um, but, uh. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how we do our, we call it our safety sandwich, essentially. I like that, actually. That's a really good way of doing it. Not just with the sweep, but you're accounting both directions. So that makes a lot of sense. Now with, say this, we'll stick with this, uh, um, Wonderland, um, one, are you thinking about 10 people per group? Is that generally the size or has there been changes in 2020 because of the coronavirus? I mean, or management wise, is that kind of where you like to be? Yeah. So the wilderness areas, you know, vary by state and jurisdiction, but, you know, in Washington, a wilderness area group is limited 12 folks. So that okay. looks like, you know, for us, that's kind of our two staff and 10, 10 runners, 10 clients, 10 customers. Okay. And so, and we haven't changed that, that model for, for COVID because that's, you know, kind of the same route, pretty small, small realm groups. We're kind of, you know, operating in, in general. Um, we do have some trips that we do, they're, we call them kind of our rendezvous. We've kind of been talking about like our stage style trips. We have some other mm-hmm. trips that we do like out of the North Cascades where we'll have a base camp. And rather than doing, you know, moving a camp, people will do a route and come back to that camp. And in those, in those cases, we'll have like three different groups of, of 10, you know, okay. so our, our base camp scene might look like 30 people and it's a bit more festive and, you know, there's more just there's just more social dynamics with 30 people. Um, but those are so those are the trips we've had to kind of limit our capacity on, you know, for, for COVID. So you've got your your trips like a Wonderland Trail that's, you know, three sections. You do them like this. Then you have this rendezvous, which is like you mentioned a base camp and then day runs from each from the base camp and maybe a different couple different routes for people. Um, is that yeah. how the rendezvous work? 
Yeah, the rendezvous workout where you're getting all the the perks of kind of the food and you know the kind of the, the great terrain, but you're coming back to the same camp and then yeah, so like on on all those trips, so you you do a different run each day, and we just divide up the different groups. Like, oh, today we're gonna go do you know we've got one in the North Cascades. We call it the Three Devils. So Diablo Lake, we're camped right on the shores of Diablo Lake, and then each day there's a different summit. You know, so you're each day is a 14 to 20 mile day. You know, Ruby Mountain, Desolation Peak, and then like Sourdough Ridge. You're getting some just spectacular views of the North Cascades and then coming back to camp every night. So what does camp look like? I just got done with a 30 mile leg. I come in uh, to camp. What does, what does that look like? If I come and say like 5 PM, 4 PM, whatever it might look like, what's, what am I, what am I expecting? Well, there's probably a pretty good bonfire going. There's a first thing we're going to direct you to is going to be the cooler with all the beverages in it, you know, so whether that's beer or kombucha or wine or, you know, you know, sparkling water, you know, whatever you want. You know, we actually ask people what their kind of their favorite post run drink is, you know, so we try and have that like in the cooler wow. you know, waiting for you. There'll be a charcuterie plate out, you know, with like pickles and cheese and meats and chips, all those salty things that everyone just like, you just like feed me now. <laughs> this is the greatest <laughs> cheese you've ever tasted in your life. Like, right? oh, it's just like, oh, I'm just so done with my gels or bars or whatever you've been like eating all day. You know, so we've got like, yeah, so there's like a nice, you know, there's like this just immediate like calorie salt, you know, replenishing stuff, you know, that's there. Um, and then we've got, we've got a couple of these, you know, they're, I mean, they're pretty familiar for most runners, you know, it looks a lot kind of like an aid station. Initially, we've got these big 10 by 20 event tents. Um, if the weather's poor, we've got sidewalls in them. We've got these big heaters. So, you know, you, you can come out of the cold, you know, wet rain and step into that. And it's like, Oh man, now it's like 20 degrees warmer and everyone else is hanging out in a t-shirt, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you're, you're like, sleeping. You're sleeping essentially in big tents. Is that kind of what it is? Well, that's kind of our base camp okay. scene. And then, you know, folks can either bring their own tent and sleeping bag or they can rent that gear from us. Okay. So so if you're traveling, flying in from somewhere, you don't have to take all your stuff with you if you don't want to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, really kind of what we're going for is like a smooth basically so much ability to show up with their running kit and like they could show up in their fitness and like everything else is dialed. Nice. So. And you mentioned on the Wonderland, um, the night before going through, do, is there, um, mandatory gear that you have to take with you? Like some of these, you know, big high profile races, or do you have just suggestions? Hey, make sure you bring this. Um, how do you guys work that? Yeah, we do do the required gear and, you know, and really, you know, it, we flex it a little bit based on the forecast, but essentially that looks like a shell, um, you know, a bivy sack and a headlamp, you know, is like the bare minimum, you know, definitely, you know, a hat and gloves, just, you know, generally what I tell people is, um, you know, like they should be prepared to like spend a night out and not die. Okay. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I like it. So it's like, you know, at the end of the day, like, I mean, if you, if you, for whatever reason you couldn't finish, like you should have everything, you know, to, to spend the night out there. And, you know, um, so that, what that, that flexes depending on the season, you know, like later in the fall, that looks like, okay, you should have a more significant insulative layer and you should probably have a pair of rain pants. And so we flex that based on the weather. Um, but but yeah, so there's th that's how we kind of play that one. Like the gear you need to not die. I like it. That's a, a new that's a new list. I'm going to start and keep in my my area here. The the do not die list. Yeah. So you've got the stage, which is kind of the Wonderland Trail. You also have a Yosemite one. Um, you have the rendezvous, um, which we just talked about. But you also have another one that actually I was excited, honestly, to see because there's some things I've wanted to do here, um, and you and those are skills. Um, yeah. skill stuff. And so one of the ones I looked at that is the one that most intrigues me is like the, um, wilderness first aid skills course for trail runners. And I think that is amazing. I wish there was a lot more of those out there. Um, as a trail runner, you're always 
pushing the limits. You're always pushing the boundaries. I run with a guy. We've run together for 10 plus years. And one day I just looked at him. I said, if you were to fall and get hurt right here, you'd probably be in trouble because I wouldn't know what to do. And he looked at me yeah. and kind of said the same thing. We're like, yeah, we we do this a lot. And we're, you know, it's not like we don't know what to do, but it yeah. would be interesting. So um, I like those. And those are ones you, you how long have you been doing the skill ones? Yeah, so those were new for last year. Okay. Um, so we we didn't actually run those in 2020 because of COVID. Um, but it's been something I've, I've been wanting to do for a long time. And so for a lot of the same reasons that you identified, right? I mean, a lot of runners, it's an interesting progression, you know, for, you know, how how are people coming to this wilderness space? You know, and if you come from a, from a road background or a running background and you ran, you know, maybe ran roads and or ran in college and then you start running trails and ultras and all of a sudden you're like getting drawn further and further into these remote spaces, you may or may not have that same you know, hiking, backpacking, kind of first aid, you know, emergency sort of like wilderness background, you know, that's kind of part of the kind of the climbing, hiking, backpacking culture. So, yeah. um, but yeah, we're out there, right? I mean, runners are way out there and generally we're like traveling super light, you know? <laughs> so, um, so, so we teamed up with an outfit, um, backcountry medical guides and they do all of the kind of the wilderness certification. So for that trip specifically, it's a partnership with them. They're a nonprofit that really focuses on, you know, lots of different users, different user groups. They do sports specific medicine. So they have courses for mountain bikers and for folks that are sailing like a maritime. Um, and so we approached them and said, hey, let's uh, let's develop a curriculum for for trail runners specifically. And, and, uh, they were, John is, he was really excited about that. They've got some trail runner docs that are on there, like doctors that are on there, on their staff and consulted on it. So we basically collaborated on a curriculum that's essentially 70% just fundamental wilderness medicine, patient response, like fundamentals. And then 30% of the curriculum is really oriented towards like, Hey, here are the types of scenarios and injuries you're going to see as a runner and then we market it specifically to to runners so so if you sign up for the wilderness first day trip with us you're going to be like out on susha island in the san juans for three days but you're going to be there with other runners who kind of all have the same kind of general interest and orientation as you and so that influences the way that we do our scenarios and uh, and the way that we kind of set up the situations that people are practicing their skills. I can imagine this is, I would hope that it's a really well-received course. Because um, like you mentioned, it, you kind of keep pushing the, the limits. Obviously, you don't want anything to happen. But over the years, you always hear of incidents, you know, from, from a race. I mean, we all... In, in the sport, I mean, there's the Dave Mackeys and the people that just freak accidents. Some are life-threatening, obviously, um, which we hope they're not as many, but um, but yeah. you always have the others. And it would be very interesting to see how many people would be able to take care of, not just themselves, but if they were with somebody else. Um, so I, yeah. when I saw this on your site, I was blown away. Um, not only <laughs> the fact that you put them on, but where they're at was kind of like, you know, again, if you're from the Northwest, maybe it's not as big a deal, but when you're from where, you know, I'm from Utah and I'm thinking uh -huh. I've been in the San Juan Islands and I'm like, oh my gosh, I would, uh, I would hope I would have enough focus to pay attention and not daydream and gaze around what I'm doing. So, uh, you, yeah. you picked a, a pretty nice little spot for this. Oh yeah. Susha is, um, yeah, it's a, it's a very special spot. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, we, you know, so we, that's kind of, that's kind of that combo project with, with back to milk guys is we bring our same kind of like, you know, food and support logistics sort of, you know, paradigm and pair it with the wilderness medicine and then, you know, situate that in a, in a really fantastic spot. So. And what, what does a day look like there? I mean, cause you talk, it's, you know, running, but it's obviously you're focused on, um, you know, wilderness first aid. Is there I'm, how long each day is the actual course compared to, hey, I'm going to get up early and run or I'm going to run at lunch or I'm going to run it, you know, after the class? Is there plenty of time for people to get out for some little little runs there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Susha is a pretty small island. There's about 15 miles worth of trail um, across the whole island, you know, pretty moderate elevation gains, but it's 
just a series of beautiful coves and vistas, you know, where there's wildlife and tide pools and, and just beaches. It's really, it's really a beautiful island. Um, and so kind of the flow for that is, you know, we charter a boat taxi to get there. There's no, you know, there's no public ferry or service to get there. So you would kind of jump on this big boat that shuttles all of our gear out there. We set up our base camp. Um, pretty, pretty much the plan is to every morning and every evening have, you know, run time available. Gotcha. Know? So that it'll be fairly unstructured, you know, but it'll be really easy to make friends, you know, like, hey, let's get up at, you know, breakfast is at seven. So let's get up and be rolling by six and, you know, catch the sunrise and, wow. and, you know, be back for breakfast and then class and then we'll break for lunch. And, um, I'm, you know, the scenarios will be like, oh, well, let's run out to this point. And then like the way the scenarios work is like, you know, we'll, Im- we'll embed someone in the group that like, you know, fakes an injury. Oh, like a know? murder mystery. Like, yeah. So it's like we were out there and then all of a sudden it's like I trip and fall and like my ankle and this is happening. And like it just kind of like happened, you know, you didn't even like as if it happened on one of your regular runs. Yeah. Right. So and then, oh, man, we're like, you know, two miles from camp right now. So how do we do this? You know, like and then it's a chance to practice those skills in a scenario situation that just kind of felt, you know, as real as we can kind of make it. Feel. Yeah, for sure. Without having a real, real accident. Exactly. Yeah. And, and when I talked to you a little bit earlier, um, you know, cause like I said, I was look, always wanted to do the Wonderland and I was looking at the dates. Um, you know, you've absolutely got a lot of sold out stuff already. Um, but I thought, man, and I think this is for people out there that, you know, you're kind of unsure of the calendar in 2021, you know, 2020 for, for races was pretty scarce. Uh, 2021, yeah. who knows? Um, but I looked at it and I go, man, there's a Wonderland Trail trip in the end of August that would be a perfect training weekend for a 100-mile race in September, right? Mm-hmm. Do you see a lot of people coming to do those types of things at, at these as well? Yeah, totally. That's super common. You know, we get a lot of people training for Cascade Crest that will come do an August, August trip. Um, yeah, I think one of the coolest things about our trips – you know, is who shows up for them. Yeah. And, uh, it really is an interesting group. You get folks that are kind of like what you're describing who are really strong runners who are just really excited about, you know, who have a big race on their calendar using it as a training block and they just don't have to like think about any of the logistics yeah. and, and, you know, they don't really need us, but like, man, we just made that really easy, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then we have other people for whom like, this is like their goal. Like this is their big project. Oh you know? yeah. Maybe they've only been running for a couple of years, but like they've trained up for it. And so the cross pollination of experience and mentorship and support that happens is it's really cool. It's really awesome to see um, that happen on, on the trips. So. so do you see a lot of people like, um, you know, wherever they come, say I come, it's like, I bring me or a, two other people do you see a lot of that or do you see a lot of like hey i'm just going to go by myself and leave with nine new best friends it's a little bit of both i mean it really is i mean it's you know we get i mean literally we have folks literally coming from all across the country you know to do it and sometimes they come with friends sometimes they come by themselves um yeah it's definitely kind of a mixed bag for sure so uh, just looking at the Wonderland for those out there and some that may not even bef- be familiar, it's like on the run itself, it's the first day is 34 miles, second day is 28, third day is 32. Um, and that's some pretty, you know, you have your elevation gain um, and descent, uh, gain and loss, excuse me, on, on each day. What would you suggest if I wanted to do this? What would you suggest? I mean, obviously, the better fit I am, the more enjoyable it's going to be. Um, but oh. is there some type of you talk about finding out where they're at on their levels if someone wanted to do this what would you say hey you're i want to come in august i want to do the wonderland where should i be fitness wise yeah well i mean i'd say one thing they this year we're doing a spring training community you know so they could like you know go onto our website and we've got a, a you know basically a training plan that would outline you know mileage and some stretch and strength workouts they could do we've got a coach that's going to be doing like monthly webinars and to kind of like try to build some community around the people that are coming on the trips and to kind of like, okay, like here's, here's some specific space that we're creating to help people feel prepared and trained. So that's a resource. Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting question in the sense that 
you know, I, I really, I think it really begins with a person's goal in mm -hmm. the sense that like, how are they approaching this? Is this part of a larger training plan? Is this their goal race? You know, are they trying to finish for time? Are they trying to just finish? Um, you know, for example, like, you know, we talk about, you talk about the Wonderland mileage. So like day one from Longmire to Mowich is a 34 mile day. It's got right around 10,000 feet of climbing on it. So it's a big day by any standards. Um, you know, but I have people that finish it like in like eight and a half, nine hours. And, you know, on average, it's usually between 10 and 12, 14 is, is not unreasonable like i don't blink an eye at 14 hours that yeah. someone's out there and like i've had people out there for 17 hours wow. you know, like to get through day one um and so so there's a real range in what it means to kind of do the wonderland and so so while it you know while the the, the overall mileage and elevation is big you know i think your training really reflects um like how what style you want to do it in, you know, in terms of like, you know, how hard are you going to push yourself? Gotcha. So, so if you're looking at it as a training for a hundred or if this is your big thing, or maybe it's your year end celebration where you just go and enjoy yourself and take as many photos as you can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like there, and all of those fit within our model, right? Like within that safety sandwich models, like, okay, like all of those three people, you know, could do a trip with us on the same trip and all have a fantastic time you know one will just relax longer in camp yeah, yeah. i'll just relax longer on the trail <laughs> and then someone else is gonna relax on the trail you know it's like either way they're gonna have a great time and so your calendar you start in may with your first aid class and then you essentially go june july august september as your you have your stage which we've talked about wonderland there's a few other locations there you've got your yeah. rendezvous and your skill and then at the end of the year in october you've got a, a backcountry woman's trip yeah to kind yeah. of to finish that off is have you done that one in the past as well yeah this will be about i think our fourth year with that one i mean this is an area that um you know we've you know just yeah that we're kind of working on we're putting some energy into it right now during our off season um one of the things that that I've always felt really comfortable in the wilderness, you know, it's, it's been a pretty natural space for me, but I definitely recognize that there's kind of a dominant white male adventure narrative that kind of just gets perpetuated. And so there's so many strong female runners. Um, and then there's a lot of female runners that like, there's some like barriers to entry in terms of fear or skills or community, um, feeling like that's a safe place for them. So, um, so we have a, you know, a women's specific trip. So that's all female staff, you know, all female attendees. Um, and that really tries to kind of, we try and position that as an opportunity for, for female runners who want to like, you know, maybe that's, you know, the wilderness is more of an edge space for them. You know, mm -hmm. maybe they don't feel as comfortable, but creating a space, you know, where like, Hey, they can be supported by other female athletes, um, who are out there doing that, um, this is a little bit of a tease. We're going to be doing a, a, fem a women's adventure scholarship this year. We did it in 2019, kind of got derailed last year because of COVID. But, you know, that's definitely a space we want to do more is, is really support more, you know, more diverse folks getting into the wilderness, including women. How do you how are you looking at 2021 right now? I mean, you have to have some type of model going in being a business um, coming off the heels of last year. I know the Northwest throughout 2020 was kind of that pocket of you know the red mark on the calendar or the the, yeah. the map so to say are you just kind of going Chase at it down yeah 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 are you going at it kind of like you did in 2020 i mean you had successful trips so are you just gonna you know plan just like you did in 2020 and hope for hope for the best since you got it dialed in last year yeah i mean i'm definitely i'm I, you know I, how do i describe it i sort of feel it as like you know, I'm optimistic, but I'm perpetually blending that with reality. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we're kind of all doing that. Um, the fact that we, the fact that we were able to operate in 2020, I think is, gives me a lot of confidence. Um, you know, cause in 2000, you know, last year, everything was just like, there was so much uncertainty yeah. and so much, so much closure and just, you know, just redaction and retraction on so many levels um 
And so, you know, we built a really comprehensive, I mean, it seems really kind of like, kind of just like obvious now, but like when we were drafting our COVID protocols back in, you know, March of last year, it felt like, you know, an edge space and like we were doing something unique in terms of like creating our, our safety protocols for COVID specifically. Um, now it's, it's pretty common, you know, the social distancing, yeah. the you know, wearing masks, if we can't be, you know, more than six feet apart. Um, and so, um, yeah, so that, I don't know, I, I'm optimistic, you know, but like if, if we do have to cancel anything, then, you know, we have a system in place to kind of give people refunds or credits and, you know, whichever they prefer and we'll just be like, if we'll, we'll get it. That'll just be the reality of it. So. And so if, if I'm a runner, if I want to, if I want to do something like this, um, you hear it a lot, especially with races or any type of get togethers how comfortable or how confident should I be? Hey, I'm coming to the Wonderland thing. Um, and I think, okay, Abram, do you guys have it dialed in? Do I feel safe? Give me some confidence. I mean, you feel comfortable letting people know, Hey, we're doing everything in our way to make sure this is a safe and fun experience for you. Are we talking about COVID specifically? Yeah. COVID, yeah corona specific. Yeah. 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 With that, I mean, there's, there's no way to eliminate risk in any wilderness activity. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, that was my, okay. I'm back on track. We're good. We're good. That, <laughs> that was me forgetting to pick up my kids. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and their teacher walking them home across the street. So that's what that was. Um, yeah. So COVID, people feeling safe. Yeah, you know? because you, you so, talk about people coming from different you know parts of the country, right? And, yeah. you know, there's some people that we've learned that are just more cautious than others or whatever their scale is. But from a, a standpoint of me wanting to do this, how do you give them confidence that everything's done that can be done to help them barring their, you know, common sense? Yeah. Yeah. How do we do that? Well, I think it does, it does lead, you know, I, in all of my kind of language for that, like I definitely lead with like, Hey, there's risk involved in any time you go into a wilderness and backcountry space. Right. So there's going to be risk. And like COVID is the same way. Like we, we can know what the risks are and we can take steps to mitigate them, you know, and, and that looks like following our protocols. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if looking at our protocols, you're not comfortable you know, we're taking on that level of risk. And it's, yeah, this is probably not the year for you to sign up for our trips. You know, we'll be here next year. Um, you know, that being said, you know, I, I think fundamentally like being outdoors in small groups is, is one of the safest places we can be. Yeah. And there is, there is something very, you know, it was really powerful actually being out on the trail with people last year, you know, it was like for a lot of people, this was like the thing, the one thing that they could do on, of all the things that they had on their calendar, you know? And so we definitely spent some time like kind of, you know, facilitating and even just kind of happening. Like we, we spent a lot of time talking about how appreciative we were to like be together in community. Yeah. Okay. We're, we've got masks on cause we're sitting around in camp, but like we're together, you know, and we're having this community experience that we've been cut off from, you know, for months, you know, at that point in time. Um, so I think as people are kind of weighing that out, it's, it's definitely an individual decision. You know, we're not going to make any guarantees yeah. you know, that you're going to come away COVID free, but we'll be really clear about what our policies are. Um, and then people can kind of weigh out like, Hey, is this, is this, is this the right thing for me? Did you have any, uh, cancellation trips last year? Not from people, but you're the, from Aspire. Did you guys have to cancel or postpone some stuff? Yeah, we canceled everything in our early season. So all of May and June was canceled last year. So we didn't do any of our, we brought a couple things back, but like all of our trips to California, Yosemite, Lost Coast, all that was canceled. Our, our Susha first aid trip was canceled. Um, and then, you know, we worked, you know, I worked really hard in collaboration with other guides and outfitters and race directors with, with, um, we have kind of a network here in coalition. We had some contacts with the, with the, through Washington state with kind of a, the secretary of recreation. There's a per, person sort of in the state level that had kind of the ear with governor Inslee, you know, we had specific 
authorization from Washington State to operate under certain COVID policies, you know, at, you know, within the limits of our, with our permitting. So, you know, so, so we had a lot of support to get to, to return to operations last year, both kind of from the state and from, from the permitting, you know, from national parks, they all green lighted us based on our protocols that we submitted to them. Like, Hey, this is how we're going to operate. And they reviewed those and said, okay, Right. Well, I can imagine. I was on a podcast as a guest a few weeks ago, and the question came up, and you kind of hit it right there, is trail running in general. Um, you know, people love to race, and I, I always question sometimes, do you like to race, or do you just like being a part of that community as well, like the finish line and being out on the trails with new people? And I think trail running is unique um, in some areas, but one of them for sure is just People love to be around other people. It's that community feel. So having that opportunity uh, last year for people, it probably was, like you said, just kind of a silent moment of gratitude um, for them to be out, not just enjoying, you know, what they love to do, but in a beautiful area. And just during a really, really tough time for anybody, um, being able to experience that. And I'd imagine that was kind of some of the, things you were just talking about right when people were there just feeling that community spirit type thing yeah yeah i mean we we kick off all of our trips with uh you know we do a round of intros we sit there and we you know we turn i mean it, we kind of throw out a thought-provoking question you know something kind of like hey you know this is who i am where i'm from this is something that's important to me um you know that question kind of has evolved over the years but i mean last year we kind of really focused on like hey what's something you've kind of come to really appreciate mm-hmm during this time yeah and um you know it's it was it was really it was really awesome and humbling to hear from people you know who you know who who'd been who were in the middle of covid and we were all in the middle of covid and coming together and and um having that human like hey here we are you know this has been hard you know and acknowledging that and here's some things we appreciate and like huh just that sigh of relief (laughs) like wow okay let's, let's get out on the trails and like, let's restore some like sanity and breathe deep and take in the views and build a go at life again. Like that was, that was a pretty special thing to build off for people. That's a little bit of normalcy for them for just a moment. What was quote unquote normal, I guess is kind of the thing. Sure. So, so on your trips that you have, do you have a specific trip or location that's your favorite? Because I'm looking, I'm I'm serious. I'm not from that. I I went to college in Portland. I lived up in the Northwest. But I'm looking at a lot of your locations, and then you can click on it, and then you can see photos. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I want to go there. And then I look at another one. No, I want to go there instead. Do you have a spot that holds something to you that you just every time you're there, you're like, wow. Man, well, yeah, man. That's that's like the it's like asking if you have a favorite kid. Exactly. You know? like, which one's your favorite? You, well, you just love them all for different reasons. Oh, you, you can know? tell me off the air. I've got kids. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, I could tell you something absolutely uniquely special about every single one of them. You know, like if it were, if it you know if, you know if it's Yosemite, it's the immediacy of the granite. It is just so in your face. Um, you know, Lost Coast Trail is you, it is, it is remote and it is rugged, just expansive coastline collisions. You know, if it's, uh, you know, if it's, if it's, um, man, what else we got? If it's, if it's Susha, it's just the sunsets, you know, it's just these incredible sunsets that are just, you know, beyond recognition. And then, you know, Goat Rocks, one of our new trips, you know, Man, it's just volcano. It's just volcano views. Like they're just so, just so long and so deep and beautiful. And anyways, yeah. I mean, I could go through each trip and I could like pinpoint, like, hey, here's something totally unique to that trip in that space. So, well, and I don't know who did this for you guys, but I'm gonna challenge anybody listening to go to AspireAdventureRunning.com and just on your homepage, you've got the greatest trail running homepage. Period. The, the the video I'm I'm sitting here watching the video and it just plays and plays. I could watch this before I go to bed. Unbelievable views. There's even some food shots in there, but 
there's some some craters. I mean, I don't even know where some of these locations are. Um, I mean, obviously there's mountainous stuff, but there's like craters, and you just seem the person in the video always seems so small. And, and yeah. I've been into the San Juans. I live in Utah, so I've got some 13ers, you know, in. But looking at some of these views, it, it is mind-blowing. Some of, the, And I think, okay, if I do one of these trips, I better end up right where that guy's foot is because that's, yeah. that's where I want to see it. So, wow, this is like the greatest. Yeah, I got to find out what some of these places are on just on the video screen. <laughs> so hats off yeah, to whoever big, big made that to nick danielson with nick danielson visuals um he's out of seattle he does fantastic work oh so. yeah it is absolutely breathtaking on some of these these pictures so do you guys usually sell out all your trips i mean i'm like i said i just went through and even your wonderland trips you got like i don't know five six something like that and almost all of them are sold out right now there's a few spots yeah. on each um, yeah. Do you are you guys used to just selling out pretty much all your trips? Yeah, I would say. I mean, we were. I mean, I mean, totally honestly, like we've you know, it's it's taken a couple years to get that flywheel moving. You know, like there's there's some of our trips where it took a couple years. They were kind of sparse. Yeah, you know, people just didn't know we didn't have that photography. We didn't have that. You know, we didn't have the. Like I knew it was beautiful and I could tell you it was beautiful, but it's different <laughs> to be able to like see it. And you're like, wait a sec, that's really good. Yeah. And, uh, so it, it's taken us some time to kind of capture that creative and, and really do that storytelling. You know, we were, we were really, we were looking, things were looking really good for us last year to kind of sell everything out. And then, and then COVID happened. Um, you know, in terms of where we're at, like this year, like our wonderlands have consistently sold out for sure. Um, you know, some of our other stuff that just hasn't quite made it onto the radar, you know, but it's this year we're not having that problem. Yeah. You know, it seems like the cat's kind of out of the bag and, and, uh, well, that's yeah. what I, that's what I was hoping. And one of the great reasons to have you on the show is, you know, like I said, in 2020 with race cancellations and sometimes like right up to the last minute, you know, you get, you get canceled. And again, hats off to every race director in the country for what everybody's had to go through. But what you've got, it, I, I've raced for a lot of years, never been a good racer, but I, you know, I enter a race, but I've learned more, especially last year to destination run, right. To take the stress off of drop bags and timing and splits and picking up a pacer and cutoffs and everything else. And I've been doing a lot more of these, well, I want to run there. So I go and I, I find my own trails. So I think for me, this is like the, not that it hasn't been for sure, but it's like, for me, this is like the next progression in a lot of people, right? Because you can do, still do it with your friends. Um, I know some people say, well, it costs more than a race, but when you look at what you're providing, it's really not from a runner standpoint. I mean, I'm getting to run somewhere beautiful. It's three days of running in some beautiful spots and say Wonderland. Plus I'm getting fed. Plus I'm being, <laughs> I have a mobile aid station, essentially someone watching. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. The question yeah. I have for you, I'm trying to get my girlfriend to come do Wonderland this year with me. Okay. So put her mind at ease. She's vegetarian. When we roll into an aid state or when we roll into <laughs> base camp, there's vegetarian options, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> one of our, one of our key core staff, Kara is vegan, you know, no problem. Like we do, you know, we've got meals that are totally set up for vegan, vegetarian, keto, like everything on wow. the spectrum. Like we get it. I mean, you know, runners are like, we're runners too, right? You know, yeah. we've, you know, we've, we've been there on our nutrition and like what you, and there's, there's a range of how people kind of like dial in their nutrition and we get it. And we've seen, I mean, we've, we've literally seen it all, you know, from, from vegan plant power to, you know, I am strict keto and that's it. It's like, and we, that's part of that runner profile that everyone completes before they come out on the trip and they, you know, they dial in like, Hey, here are my specific food preferences, food allergies. And uh, it's like, that's like zero. That's no problem. Yeah. Nice. It'll all be delicious, you know, for sure. So what are your, if you go like, again, I'm, I'm proud. I'm, I'm right here ready to click a button, but, um, there's a, for your sold out stuff, how often does your wait list turn? Does that happen very often for you? Yeah. So this year with the, um, with the rendezvous trips, you know, we've, we've capped those down at, you know, 12, um, where, and if, and if we get to a place in the world, you know, where vaccines are being distributed in the fall and, 
and we're feeling more confident about bringing, you know, larger groups of people together, then all those trips will, um, will, will open up capacity on those with the stage trips, you know, because that's a set amount of group people covering a set distance every day, the weight, you know, there's always some drops, but it's really hard to predict, you know, um, it's like, oh, I got military orders and I got called overseas, or it's like, I rolled an ankle training and there's just no way I can be like able to go do this. So that always happens, but it's less predictable for sure. Gotcha. So, but it's, so it and does happen, but it's tough to predict. And then I, it says on the website, I'm sure as well, but if I'm looking at one of these trips, am I usually flying into Seattle? Is that what I'm doing for most of these flying into Seattle and then finding my way to the rendezvous point or pickup point? Yeah. So we, um, yeah, for California is a little different for sure. Um, but with all of them, we've got a course packet. You can go to the website and request the course packet and you just throw in your email and, and then that we'll send off the course back that gives you all that travel planning itinerary stuff. Um, each of the trips has a, you know, a meetup spot. And um, if you get there, you're, once you get there, you're golden, we'll take care of you, you know, for the wonderlands, we didn't do this last year and we'll kind of see where it plays out this year, but you know, in, in quote unquote normal year, we do an airport shuttle pickup, you know, so we can pick you up right at the airport and bring you right back when the trip's over. So, and all that's kind of laid out on a trip by trip basis, but fundamentally, yeah, you know, you know, there's a way to get to the meetup point and everything else is taken care of. Well, I'm just going to encourage everybody for sure to check out the website that those that haven't, um, that aren't familiar with it, um, because it's just a great option. Um, I just, I love everything about it. Um, like you said, there, people are taking care of, you take the stress out of race weekend, you know, you take the stress out of it. And you just show up with, like you said, show up ready to go and, and it's all there for you. So what else do you have for people that are maybe not familiar with it that we haven't covered um, to kind of kick them into that next level of, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do this <laughs> selling point for you. <laughs> well, um, man, shoot. Um, I, I don't know. I think the one thing I would say is, you know, one of the things that's really important to us is like uh, an ego free community. Yes. That, um, you know, when, when you get out there, we're not racing, you know, um, and it's not about who's getting in there first or fastest. You know, that's that's more important to some people, and less important to others. You know, with racing, there's only ever going to be three people on the podium. You know, with us, like it's just there's not a podium. Um but, you know, what I've, and we kind of, I feel like we do an intentional job of kind of, you know, creating that culture, but it's reflected in all the people that show up and like, it's such a supportive group, you know, and there's people who are like, I don't, you know, I might be last, you know, it's like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. You know, that just means more time on the trail and there's not judgment and the folks that are there, you know, they get how hard it is, you know, putting in those miles and they've all gone up those same hills. And, you know, when people come in, early they're celebrated when they come in the middle they're celebrated when they come in at the end they're celebrated and like it's just a really supportive environment you know for folks so you know when you pair it all together you know the the destination the trails the community it's a it really is a special special experience so well abram i appreciate you taking the time and and not picking your kids up today from school to to get on the, the podcast with us that shows commitment and i appreciate that <laughs> So, so when we go back to that question, what kid's your favorite? Apparently none of them, none of them are your favorite. <laughs> what kids? What, what, kid? what are you talking about? I don't know. These guys are in my house. <laughs> um, but no, I, I do. I appreciate you coming on. I, I really do hope that people are listening to look at this as an option. What places are left? I mean, I, like I said, I just pulled up the weekend. I wanted to come and there's one spot left. And like last week, there's like six or something. So it just gives you an idea. Um, We're in that space, yeah. Yeah, what you're doing. But um, regardless, people, go check out the, the website because just the video on the homepage will get your mouth watering for food and mountains um, and some and some beautiful trail. But congratulations on what you've been doing there. I don't know what the future holds with maybe getting, you know, with co you know COVID and expanding and getting in back into California's or, or moving other places. But I really hope what you're doing continues to grow because I think there's almost a more need for something like this and there are more races um, popping up. Um, and I know it's a, it's a lot of work for you guys and your summers are booked, but 
you know, what you do is fantastic. These, these uh, skills things with the wilderness safety, even if you can't attend his, I, I just recommend looking into stuff like that if you do anything not just running, but in the back country, just to be safe with the sheer numbers. Because it's not even about taking care of yourself, but if you come up on somebody that maybe is out there, which we might see more of with uh, the conditions. So thank you so much again for taking the time to sit down and, and talk about what you're doing. And I really will uh, share the Aspire Adventure Running website with everybody. And um, if you have any questions, they've got a great website. You can check them out, ask them questions, and I'm sure they'll be more than happy to answer any questions for you. So, thanks. yeah, if they you land there on the website, uh, you know, feel free. There's a place to subscribe to our newsletter, and that's a great way to kind of just keep in the loop on what we're doing. So. Yeah, and again, look at their spring training stuff. There's a, there's a bunch to look at on, on their website, but um, it is really cool what you're doing and i'm glad that uh, i had the opportunity to have you on the show and i wish you much success and luck in this uh coming year and whatever happens after that and hopefully you'll see me at one of these pickup points all right i look forward to it eric all right thanks abram appreciate it you bet thank you for listening to the trail manners podcast i'd like to thank abram dickerson of aspire adventure running for joining us today you can check them out at aspireadventurerunning.com I also want to encourage everybody to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners or swing by the website at trailmanners.com, check out our store page, and support the podcast by buying a shirt or whatever else we have in there. Or you can just hit us up on the contact page, let us know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or if you would like to be on the show. And if you could take just a moment to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or review on iTunes or Facebook, I'd greatly appreciate it. And lastly, Trail Manners would love your support via our Patreon account at patreon.com backslash trail manners to keep us alive and kicking. Until next time, this is Eric Manning reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it.